everyone. Welcome to the Nash Vocations podcast. My name is Preston Thompson. Um, I'm going to be the host of this episode, which we're talking about seminary life. Um, I'm currently uh, going into college four. I'm going to be a senior in college philosophy, and I attend the Holy Trinity Seminary that is partnered with the University of Dallas in Dallas, Texas. Um, and today I am joined by, or why don't we just go around the room, introduce ourselves and kind of what seminary we go to and where we are in seminary. Uh, my name is Nanso Ohanaka. I am a, I'm going to be a third theologian. I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, though, so I might already be a third theologian at the time. Um, I go to St. Minard Seminary. I've, I graduated from college seminary, the Josephinum, and I think that's about it. Yeah. My name is Seth Reed. I am going into my first year of theology. I just finished four years at St. Joseph Seminary College in Covington, Louisiana. Go Ravens. And my name is Patrick Held. I just finished my second year of theology, and uh, I go down to uh, Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. Man, you guys have a mascot for yeah, your man. seminary? Wow, we the don't Ravens. have that. We don't have that. Well, you know, each rector has their quirks, but kind of with with seminary life, ultimately comes the question of like, what is seminary like? Like, I get that a lot. Like, what do you guys do? What do you like? Do you guys just pray in there all day? Um, and at least at Holy Trinity, I think I would assume it's similar for the most part across all seminaries. Uh, but at Holy Trinity in Dallas, um, we normally, most guys will wake up um, roughly around 6 o'clock, and we have morning prayer at 6.30, followed by mass kind of right after that. Um, and then we have breakfast, 7.30, and we start classes. We have to start that early because classes at University of Dallas start at 8 a.m. So most guys will have classes anywhere from 8 to 3 o'clock is when we have to be done. Um, and on Mondays, you know, sometimes we might have a formation class we might have different things um, through the week, right at that three to five o'clock slot, right in there. Um, and then right around 5.45 uh, for us, we have um, 30 minutes of meditation along with evening prayer. And then we stand for the Angelus, and then we go have dinner, um, which 30 minutes of dinner, there's a bell ring at the end of uh, dinner as well. And we have announcements, seminary announcements. And then we're kind of free for the rest of the night. Uh, for the most part, occasionally there's something you have to practice for or something that needs to be done. Uh, but really, it's an opportunity for guys to go hang out with each other, go hang out in our game room, go hang out um, di- by this place we call the Hobo Hut, is uh, where all of our snacks are held there. And that's a little personal quirk of our rector named after him. Um, but yeah, we have um, prayer there as well. Um, so guys will put their holy hours in. Some guys do it before morning prayer, which is really brutal. That means they're in the chapel by 530 um, but some guys will find it other times of the day. But as far as classes go, most guys will take five classes um, each semester. I think that's pretty standard, like most students, with the exception of being like pre-theologians. Um, and I don't know if that's kind of the same with you guys as well. Are you guys taking five classes? Uh, well, at the St. Minerid, yeah, we take five classes. Our, our schedule is a little bit different, though. Um, one, St. Minerid is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're not attached to uh, a university like uh, you guys are down in Dallas. But, I'm, but St. Minor, it is, it is its own. It has, its, it has a master's program for lay people as, long as, as well as a seminary. Uh, for us, we take most of, our, most of our classes, like our core classes, are in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we have electives. The one thing, the, like one major difference between St. Minor and most other seminaries I've heard of or that I've been to is that we wake up much later than everybody else. 
Uh, we have morning mass at 8 a.m. Uh, not morning mass. We have morning prayer at 8 a.m. We have mass at 1130, um, which was not like my college experience because when I was at the Josephine, it was very similar, like almost the exact same as like yours in Dallas. The only difference is that the Josephine also wasn't attached to another college. Um, so it was exclusively, exclusively from seminarians. But yeah, we took classes from 8 or 8.30 till about three, we had evening prayer, all of that. Um, we, the one thing we, that we did, ha- we do have at both seminaries, that, that I did have at both seminaries was a pub. At the Josephinum, we, the pub was for like only for seminarians. And it was, it was a great place to hang out and it was open for about an hour, an hour and a half, at least a college pub was. The, the theologian's pub was open a little bit longer than ours. I was actually the pub master in my last two, my, yeah, my last two years there. But yeah, it was a great place for community life to build fraternity. Um, but at St. Minard, we do it, the pub we have there is one that's open to the public, so it's a little, it's a little different. But yeah, everybody in the t- in the area like comes to our pub because it's apparently the best place to get pizza. But yeah, seminary life is still very much. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of prayer, a lot of um, study, but on the other hand, there is a lot of fraternity and just getting to be a guy. So at St. Joseph's, every year I've been there, the schedule was different. So that was unique and fun. So always had to get used to that. But it's pretty much similar to every seminary, I, I believe. We had morning prayer, then we had mass, and then you go to class, and then lunch, then back to class, and then evening prayer, and then dinner. At St. Joseph's, we do pray with the monks on occasion, usually uh Evening prayer two or evening prayer one just depends on if there's a solemnity or not. And then also we have a couple of places too you can go to uh, hang out. We have the wharf, which was pretty much just to go get unhealthy food and cokes and stuff like that. And then we have the stacks, which is 21 and up, which was only for those guys who were able to drink. And sometimes when the last year that I was here, my senior year, they had special things like they had a wine and cheese night, which was very uh, classy. Nobody wore their suits, unfortunately, but they do have that, so maybe they'll continue that. But, yeah, I don't know. But overall, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same as everybody else. We are a little bit isolated, but there's a Wendy's, like, right down the road, and a McDonald's, and a Kroger, or what is it, a Winn-Dixie, Piggly Wiggly? I don't know. Some of those, one of those chain grocery stores, I don't know what it is. But the Walmart is 30 minutes away, so, yeah, it's not too bad. Well, just listening to you guys talk makes me feel pretty lucky to be stuck in New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, just like uh, my schedule at down to Notre Dame, it's uh, more similar to uh, St. Joseph's, St. Ben's, whatever, um, which is in Covington, um, just an hour north of uh, New Orleans. So, um, but yeah, we got morning prayer, of course. That's at uh, 7.30. Uh, classes are at 8 o'clock till about 11.30. Mass is at 11.45 in the middle of the day. Um, and then some guys have classes even after that. Um, then uh, we all get back together for evening prayer at 545. Um, and then after that, or before that, if you were free without afternoon classes, you could do whatever you want. You could run in the city of New Orleans. Um, you don't have to run in the country. Um, or you could uh, just hang out and we have like a little rec room. Uh, we have a workout room. Um, we have a, a little theater room too with some of the flat screen and surround sound. That's pretty that's a favorite spot. Um some guys hook up their Xboxes or um uh, Nintendo sixty fours. Oh. 
going to old school there. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, and then, um, you know, we have a, a, a Popeye's just right across the road, um, along with a, uh, a Cane's, which is like a Zaxby's. Um, what is better? Uh, that's debatable. No, no, uh, yeah, no. Cane's, Cane's, uh, so, uh, the best. Other than that, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, but one thing that's different, I guess, uh, coming talking about all you other guys is, um, other seminaries is that uh, Notre Dame is just a major seminary. We don't have a college level, so it's only uh, just pre theology, which are guys that have some college or have graduated college, like is like MTSU or Vanderbilt, something like that, have a college degree. Um, compared to what St. Ben's or uh, St. Minor, I think has a St. Minor's uh, is the same as Notre Dame. Okay, so major. there we go. I was wrong on that. Yeah, St. Joseph's is the only college. Yeah, yeah. So, same yeah. with Holy Trinity. Yeah. But so, the Josephinum is both minor and major. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, so so that makes that's a little bit different. So most of the guys at Notre Dame are 21 and over. So um, we, uh, we have a little a pub, a little place called the Biblicum, uh, which is also known as the library. So and many parents would say, oh, where you're at? Oh, I meant the library. Um, so which is, you can guess, you got those two locations you could be at. On campus at that point, either actual library or the pub. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Holy Trinity, we actually just built a new facility because it's something like we didn't have on with our old building, older building as well. Um, we built a new student center, which in it we got finally a kitchen. Uh, we got a basketball courts. We got a actually nice weight room that wasn't a closet, um, as well as we had two TV rooms uh, with recliners and then an actual kind of nice game room that wasn't just attached to like our assembly room. Um, so it's definitely something like that is a part of seminary life is that, um, I mean, it's a community pillar um, that we focus on a lot as well. Uh, at Holy Trinity is like bonding with your brothers because your formation also comes from your brothers and the seminary life. Mm. Um, but one kind of part that we all talked about, but I'd be interested to see how everybody articulates it. It's kind of like the class load um, with it. You, you also do hear rumors of like, ah, like this seminary might not be as difficult or this or that. But I, I don't, I think regardless of the difficulty, I think classwork is still um, a, a large part of the seminary life. Um, I know at Holy Trinity, when we're with University of Dallas, ours is a little bit different, where we are just straight up a college education. Any any person could sign up and be in a class with, and happen to be in a class with a seminarian, like if it's a general education. So we take classes with um, regular University of Dallas students, any major, doesn't matter, any class. Um, so I, as a senior, I'll still be taking freshman courses because I transferred, I'll still be with freshmen. Um, as a senior. So that's kind of one thing that experience is different at Holy Trinity. Um, and um, with that, the teachers don't always cater necessarily to seminary needs. So um, Holy Trinity sometimes will allow us um, longer periods of time to get our schoolwork done because um, the professors might know that we have a Eucharistic procession through downtown Dallas this weekend. So they're going to loosen up on something else. I don't know if that experience has happened with you guys. Um, kind of with like what what or what your course load looks like in general, um, or schoolwork, if that's an intimidating factor. When I was sent to St. Minor, I was told that St. Minor was easier than Josephinum. Like whoever said St. Minor was easy lied. I mean, the classes aren't hard. Um, the course, the material isn't difficult. But I think this is true of any seminary you're in. It, the work never ends. And in a way, that's that's part of formation. Um, Bishop Spalding, on his first, when I was at the Josephinum, 
uh, he can't come and visit us, and he I can't remember the exact words he said, but I believe it's something along the lines of we pay the we pay the formators to make things hard on you. Um, and so I mean it is like we're being forged through fire. <laughs> Um, but but on the other hand, the formators, or at least the faculty and staff, the professors, they are aware that like education isn't the main reason we're there. I mean, we have the four dimensions of formation, intellectual, spiritual, pastoral, human. And so I think that's one of the things that sort of separates seminary from like a regular college. It's not, we're just, they're not just trying to form you in one aspect. They want to make you a, a whole complete man. And it's not just about the academics. Um, very few seminarians are going to be academics, and so they don't want to. So, and I, and different seminaries will focus more or less on academics. Um, but I think, in my experience, I've learned that I'm good at academics, but I don't want to be an academic. And I think that's like our rector also says with academics, like he tells the the prethi or the guys that come with the college degree. He tells them first day, uh, he has formation with them, is do not bring me back A's. Like, absolutely not. I don't want you bringing A's back to the, to the seminary. Because um, if that shows, like, if you're putting all of your time into the academic, all of your time into schoolwork, yes, it's important. You, we want you to learn that. But that's not what you're here for. Um, you are a seminarian first, which was also a big shift for me because I was previously a student athlete. Like, it was student first athlete where now it's changed or it's like no like you're a seminarian first like your duty is to the seminary which is kind of an interesting um paradigm shift for me which i mean i think you're kind of articulating in a different way um, where not everyone is an academic and that's okay uh, yeah so at saint joseph's or saint ben's as we are, are also called we had uh, usually 15 hours but there were at least two semesters your junior year and your senior year where you had 18 hours I think the academic dean and the rector were trying to uh, cut that out. Hopefully they do, because that was really, really hard to do 18 hours, and it was built into every seminarian's just schedule that you were going to do that. But I think they're getting they're working to get rid of that. But yeah, academic-wise, I'm going to be honest, I was scared, because I have a learning disability, and I had been out of school for 10 years, and I had never really learned how to write a paper. So I was, that first week, I was freaking out. I went and talked to the rector. I went and talked to the dean of students, I even called Father Gillstrap, our vocation director, and was like, hey, man, like, I don't know that I can do this. Like, this is really hard. They want me to write a paper. I don't know how to write a paper. Like, I wasn't taught that in special ed. And so, yeah, I was freaking out. But after a while, it was just, you just do it, and you get used to it. And at least at St. Joseph's, and like as Nanzo has been saying, they want you to succeed. Every seminary wants yeah. you to succeed. And St. Joseph's even more so, because we have a whole center of academic uh, excellence or something like that. I don't remember what it's called, but you go there and they help you come up with a thesis statement. They help you write your paper. Like they will do everything that they can besides write the paper for you so that you can write the paper and just, they have study hall and all this other stuff. So it's really, really good. And if, if that's the thing that keeps you from going to seminaries, academics and being afraid of academics, don't worry about it. Go, please, for the love of God, go and discern your vocation. Yeah. And I think at, like at Holy Trinity, we have tutors coming as well. I mean, I think back to my last, my, my second year of Spanish, semester one, um, I think I had three tutors provided for me, and by the grace of God, I got a B. Like, it was just something um, else, but it was like everybody wanted me to succeed. Like, even, like, 
the teachers know like they're not wanting to fail you like they want to watch you succeed and even in seminary as well like it's the same thing that carries over they want to help you in any way they can and provide those resources for you and two just one more thing even if you get there and you don't like the schoolwork, that's fine but you have to do it and i'm not saying you have to do it to the best of your ability you should because the diocese is paying for you to be there and you want the best education that you can have but if it's not your cup of tea then just do your best and just suck it up and do it because you're there for christ yeah and i think one thing uh, but also stuck with me. It came from my dad when I was talking to him about the course load, and he would tell me when he was um, training people for his job, like for the training, he prefaced it as like, "This is not like your coursework. This is not like schoolwork. This is so you can help someone when they call on the line and they have no clue how it's supposed to work." Whereas, like, it's pretty much the same with you in seminary now. It's like, okay, you really need to pay attention in some of these classes because one day somebody's going to ask you, "I was like, what was Gnosticism?" You're like, "Ah, yeah, I used to know that, but I wrote a paper on it and then forgot." Like, no, like. This isn't like class anymore. Like, you could, with this information, bring someone to salvation, uh, be that instrument. Like, God is calling you to be that instrument for someone else. Um, and people, like, one thing I, one phrase that is thrown around um, is like, oh, you know, the people of God are, are supporting you in this. Like, do your work, you know. So I came from, I entered seminary, uh, after I graduated college, especially after two colleges, actually, uh, graduated from Christian Brothers University of Memphis uh, with a degree in uh, engineering management, and then uh, went to MT- MTSU, uh, got you know, finished my MBA in a year, um, and that was a 4.0 year. Um, I don't know how I did that. Um, that was the grace of God there. Um, so you know, coming, I just understand you know, com- coming from where you were coming from is, you know, I guess. You have a different paradigm now. We have, you know, I'm not a student. I'm a seminarian. You know, we have these four dimensions that Nanzo had talked about. You know, we, we can't just focus on the classes. We got to focus on, you know, showing up to morning prayer, going to mass, keeping this horarium, that's what we call it, like the rule of life, um, you know, and hanging out with people and, you know, having the social life. You can't just be cooped up in your room all the time because then you're going to be stressing out yourself. People seen that today um, in the throughout the quarantine. You know how people just wanted to go out; they you know, didn't want to be locked in. Um, so you know that's the idea. You know you want to be active. You want to, you know, you are a seminarian, not a student. And that's the whole thing. Is yeah, you know. And then if you're having trouble, I've had uh, we had a, this past year at, at Notre Dame. We had a guy that had uh, was a seminarian who had graduated from Harvard, and he was teaching uh, Latin just on the for fun. Uh, Latin for fun, I guess. It wasn't um, just, we have a Latin professor in a, who also teaches Greek. Um, it does all the languages, uh, but this guy was teaching uh, Latin just out of fun for some reason. Uh, I didn't go. Uh, I was too busy. Um, but there's, he had about six guys that would go. Um, there's going through kind of learning about all the different Latin that's around the school um, that's on the buildings and stuff. And so, you know, and then we have guys that are just willing to help out. If you're struggling, reach out. Um, you know, we have guys um, that I, I, I knew guys that, you know, had problems in like in, in Trinity class, which is one of the greatest mysteries to have. And it's still a mystery. I still don't understand it. Um, so, you know, we had guys throughout the class who would reach out and they knew some guys really had this on point. Um, they knew it. Uh, so they would go to these guys and say, like, hey, I need help. And then also, just like, all, like with all the other seminaries, the teachers uh, are willing to help you. They want you to be a priest. 
Uh, they, they, they see you throughout the seminary. They see how you interact. Um, you know, if they feel like they, you can be a priest, uh, more than likely you're going to be a priest, you know. Um, the teachers are going to help you get there. They're going to help you intellectually. They're going to teach you what you need to know, um, and then they'll also help you get that. And the only thing you got to watch out, though, for is the new professor who's come from a secular yes. college, and then he comes in and he thinks y'all can yes. do it all, and you can't because you still got to go pray, you got to do your holy hour, you got to do all the other crap that the seminary makes you do. We had a professor. He's a great professor. He is, I, he, I could never match his intellectual uh, superiority, um, but, you know, he's super great. But sometimes there was instances where he assigned things um, just that were really not able to be achieved. Um, but so then uh, I was a class president. Each class at Notre Dame at least represents, uh, elects a president, kind of like the uh, class liaison, I guess, in a sense. So I, was, I had to go and talk to him. I was like, hey, this is too much. Uh, can you lighten the load a little bit or extend the due dates on some of these papers? Um, and he was more than willing to. Um, it just it, t- it took a little bit of initiative, a lot of complaining from the guys for me to actually go to the professor. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, he – you know, I think he he finished a whole year. I think now, uh, and he's, he's a great professor. He's he knows what he's doing now. He it just you know just like me me coming from a secular to a seminary. It took it took a year to kind of get used to it, and so that's what the professor, at least in my instances, uh, it took second year for them to kind of get in the groove of seminary uh, and what is required. I've got a uh, funny story before we transition topics. Going back to like with professors, like I remember um, after one of my final Spanish exams, uh, it was an oral exam. We had to like talk about all of these things and like um, how Spanish, like uh, just different things about Spanish. And I mentioned, I was like, oh, like I'm taking Spanish because like my bishop wants me to learn Spanish. And she was a very Catholic um, woman to teaching this course. Um, and she looks at me and says like, I want you to let me know if you ever say Spanish mass. And to this point, I don't know if that was like a dig saying like, there's no way you're saying Spanish mass. <laughs> or if it was like, I want the best for you. Like it really could have gone either way. <laughs> but now that we've talked about kind of like with the school load and the coursework, we've kind of talked about like, it's not all of it. And with the pillars, like the academic pillars, 25%, right? If the, with the four, dimen- four dimensions, excuse me. Um, but I think on the other side of that is the prayer life, you know, it's like, we have this, um, thing that we have to balance as well out of that. Like, what would you say to someone if like, they're talking about with like fears of like, what if I like, what if I don't know how to pray? What if, am I praying wrong? Like, what if seminarians are praying differently than me? I mean, I remember orientation flipping them, my ribbons the wrong way. Like I was in, um, on saints feast days for like ordinary days and just completely lost or we would pull hymns from somewhere else. And I would look at guys and be like, where the heck did we get this hymn? I'm just going to word my mouth along and we're going to see where this goes. But I don't know, like if you guys have had any experience of kind of really coming into seminary and how the seminary life is like molded your prayer life. Well, for me, um, before I entered seminary, I had, I didn't, I like my first, my, my first time in the seminary was the day I moved in. The only, and but my, my my case is a little bit different because I went to a former minor seminary for middle school when I was in Nigeria in Nigeria, and there we did have we had a very similar schedule. Um, we prayed. We prayed as a community five times a day, I believe, maybe six, not including the Angelus, three times a day. Um, but yeah, but when I when I got to seminary, 
it, it it's very structured and it's done intentionally to help you sort of start to build your own personal prayer lifestyle because as a priest you're going to be on your own especially diocesan priest you're going to be on your own and you've got to figure out what is my schedule going to look like and how am I going to make time for God because honestly if you don't make time for God <laughs> this isn't going to work out um and so it's so Fortunately, the seminary is there, and the and the people there, the formators, the other seminarians who sort of who are there to help you figure this out. Um, the breviary, it's complicated. Nobody knows how to make it simpler. Everybody wants it to be simpler, but there's just no easy way to do it. Um, we are fortunate, I think, with the Latin ride that you've basically got one breviary for each season. I've, I had a professor before before I entered seminary who is Byzantine Catholic, and he canters at his uh, parish, and for like any liturgy, he has to have four books that he's flipping back and forth through. <laughs> so I, I think in a way, we are sort of lucky that we have only one book that we have to deal with. Um, but no, but prayer, it's, it is something that not everybody knows how to do. And I mean, we're, we're growing. And so you come to seminary, and wherever you're at, they'll meet you there. And they'll give you the tools you need to move on from there. Yeah. Don't worry about the liturgy hours. They'll teach you how to do that. And if for some reason you're not good in air quotes at mass, they'll, you'll learn how to do mass good too. <laughs> but, for but for personal prayer, for like your holy hour, you're also going to get a spiritual director. And so you're going to work with him to learn how you like to pray and how it is best that you hear God speaking to you. That might be Lexio Divina, that might just be scriptural meditation, that might be reading something from Fulton Sheen or Bishop Barron or any of the saints throughout history and just meditating on what they say. But seminary will teach you how to pray and how you like to pray and how you can converse more with God. And so they're not just going to let you sit in a room and be like, all right, go pray. And then you're sitting there going, well, Jesus, what, are, what do we talk about, man? Like, you're not saying anything. Like, what's going on, Jesus? Jesus? Okay, Jesus, I'm going to go now. It's been like 10 minutes, bye. You're not going to have to do that. They're going to they're gonna help you. And you can always rely on your brother seminarians, as has been pointed out before. If you don't really know what to do, go talk to somebody who's been there for like, hey, man, like, what do you do during your holy hour? And that's a great way to learn, too. Just ask the priest your own campus. And if you go to Minrad or St. Joseph's, ask the, ask the monks, like, what do you do when you pray? Like, what do you read? Like, do you do the rosary? Do you divine mercy chapel? What's going on, man? Like, just help me out. Yeah. The breviary was one of the greatest challenges for me to figure out as well with all the ribbon flipping. It is a lot. It is confusing. But luckily, there is an app, you know, iBreviary. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, transitioning away from iBreviary yeah. to the so, actual book. But, you know, at, at, the, at the seminary, you can't, have the, you can't have your iPhones out or your Android, whatever device, um, to have iBreviary out. They want you to actually use the book. So eventually, you guys figure it out. I think at one point, we had, during orientation, we had a session on how to do the breviary. Um, cause, but also, uh, throughout, throughout the week, uh, uh, during the regular school year, we have a, a board that ha actually lists out what pages we're on. So it kind of really helps out. Um, so, you know, then, you know, for the, for the most part too, um, with, in terms of like uh, holy hour, I, before seminary, I didn't really do holy hour. Um, uh, it wasn't very really readily available. Uh, partly because I, I was in high school and I didn't have a car. Um, so that was, that takes, you know, that is the reasoning. Um, but, you know, it was, um, 
I throughout seminary, I've had a spiritual director, and he has helped me a lot. Uh, but I still have trouble. But it, it's still a work in progress. It's like you know, a prayer life is never hundred percent complete. Um, it's and it's always a work in progress. But yeah, don't worry, you'll be fine. You're not going to come out of seminary as St. Teresa of Avila or St. John of the Cross. <laughs> I mean, you are going to continue to pray and learn how to pray throughout your entire life. Yeah, you read some books and it's like, oh, don't worry. Once you start leveling at, or levitating at like the fifth mansion, and you're like, wait, what? Like, it's yeah, like level just, up, man. It's yeah. It's like, I'm still in a mud hut. Uh, yeah. When you get the stigmata, you know you've made it. Yeah. But I know, like, for me, it was really interesting, like, um, like as you grow through seminary, your prayer grows as well. Um, in our handbook uh, for Holy Trinity, we have it's very much like focused all about like gradualism. Um, by like it's very much looked at your whole time in Holy Trinity, not particularly like how are you now. It's like where are we going to get to? Um, like they say, like in the handbook for the spiritual pillars, like you should aim for getting to a holy hour consistently every day by your senior year. It's not something where it's like all right, you're a freshman, sit in there and pray for an hour. It's like no, because one, it's going to be fragmented, distracted, and you might cause you to be in despair of like, ah, I, I just can't pray. Um, and it's not like that, um, where it's very much people walking with you and talking about these things um, and how to pray better or how God is asking you to pray um, and converse with him. Um, all right. So now we've covered the, the spiritual pillar. Uh, what was like, I want to kind of talk about what was your initial kind of thoughts, like your expectations going into seminary, and then what in reality seminary turned to be. Um, for me, I, because uh, I spent one year at a college down in Alabama playing sports, um, and then I just turned in and I thought it was going to be different. I'd been on seminary tours before. Um, I had very, very close friends in seminary. So I was like, I know exactly what this is going to be like for sure. And lo and behold, I, I did not. Um, but for me, I kind of like, I, I looked at this question earlier and jotted a note down and hear me out. But the way I explained it my first year was like, it's, it's almost like a holy fraternity, like a holy frat house, uh, very much. Uh, so like with, with my team, we walked to class together. We ate dinner together. We signed up for intramural sports together. Um, we talked about struggles together, like uh, in like getting ready for practice. Like we were together a lot. Um, and we would hang out with each other's rooms after practice, before, before class, anything we wanted to do. And if you needed to talk to about, you'd go and knock on his door. Well, at seminary life, it's the exact same. You guys walk up to classes together for us to the university. Um, you guys are in classes together. You guys, if you, if you get stuck on some homework, you don't remember homework assignment, you knock on somebody's door. If you need to talk to a guy, um, about something, knock on someone's door and you literally have community dinners. Um, instead of going to your own self-serve line, it's family style now. Um, and it's very much built about like that community, except in a much holier, holier way. Um, I mean, even to the point of like my, my house job was intramural sports coordinator. Like I was in charge of signing us up for the intramurals. And I was like, wow, this is uh, really familiar for me because I did this at my previous college for all of my like teammates. <laughs> so it was rather odd. But I mean, it, there was something like, like reassuring about it. It's like, okay, like you're, I would, I would say like somebody you're not missing, like guys that come straight out of high school. I think Holy Trinity is great because like some guys might be worried that you're moving, you're missing the college like experience or whatever. Like, no, it's still there. There's a lot less worse stuff. You, you clean out all the clutter and things like that. You still very much have all of the good and wholesome things. And as well as so many more holy and wholesome things within the fraternity of these men, um, at this house of formation that we have. 
Um, now, I know that can be different um, for a, a major seminary or a seminary that's not tied, and that's going to be something I'm going to have different expectations come in two years when I move into a seminary that isn't attached to university, that is just an institution by itself. When, when I first entered seminary, like, you know the monks in Monty Python and the Holy Grail going around in their robes? Domine. That was like that was what I was expecting when I wa- when I got on campus. I was expecting people just going around, hands constantly folded in prayers with the rosary beads. Everybody just constantly praying. And to be honest, that sort of freaked me out because I'm not like that. I'm not I'm not one of those guys who just who's just walking around like that. But then I got there my first day, and I looked around and I saw guys just being guys. And I was like. Well, this is interesting. Um, because, yeah, it is like a holy fraternity where, where yeah, you're not missing out, yeah, especially with college seminary, you're not missing out on that college experience. The only difference between a seminary and, like, say, a secular college is one, I think the people there for the most part want to be there and they sort of and they have a goal in mind and it's a holy goal. They're, they're not just there because your parents want them to go to college and they haven't figured it out yet just to wait, plan on dropping out to go start a music career. Um, but they're there because they love God and that influences the way they behave. Because if you go to a secular college, people don't necessarily love God the same way they love God in the seminary. But even within the seminary, our love of God doesn't necessarily have to show itself through a holier-than-thou attitude. It is through our fraternity, um, yeah, playing sports, playing video games. I, I, didn't, I never really played video games until I went to seminary. <laughs> um, the late nights, doing homework together, just things like that, just being with each other. And I guess, yeah, for me, before going to seminary, I sort of thought, <laughs> I, I sort of thought that people had to be perfect going into seminary. But, but yeah, I discovered that, yeah, you don't go into seminary perfect. But over the course of the years, they'll help you become the best, the best version of yourself that you can be. <laughs> Sorry, there's uh, some, uh, some gestures going on in the studio that's very funny. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I kind of like Nanzo, my, my first thought was, oh, man, we're going to go and we're going to pray all the time. It's going to be really, really great, I guess, because I didn't really know. But then I get there and it's the exact opposite. It's a lot more schoolwork than I thought it was ever going to be. And then there's some praying. <laughs> but it's not bad because the prayer, you need it when you need it. And you don't really need to pray all day long because we're not cloistered monks or sisters. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you want to become a sister, please do that. But yeah, and also too, like when I first got there, it was, I'm, I was 27 or 28 when I went in. So I'm going into a place with mostly high school guys. And so the mentality and the atmosphere is kind of like a high school again. And I was like, man, this sucks. And I just hated every second of it for the first week. And then I just said to myself, all right, God, you put me here for some reason. Like, I'm discerning your call. I'm just going to give in to the madness. And so I just gave in to the madness, and I just started acting like they did. And it was a whole lot better. So if you're an older man, and you are coming into seminary, and you don't have any college, and you have to go to Holy Trinity or St. Joseph's or whatever other seminary it is that we decide to send to in a couple of years, like, man. Just give in to the madness, because that's going to help you be sane a lot better than you trying to fight it. Then there, yes, there is a lot of seminary madness. And it's good madness, but sometimes it's bad madness, too. And you just got to 
ride that wave, just like in life. Yeah, and I think like some seminaries handle it differently. I I know it, and some seminaries they'll separate um, the older guys, like put them on a different wing, so they all live together. And we at Holy Trinity we call that the cardiac hallway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and because their their lights are already off by eight thirty p.m. and you know they're they're ready. You don't go out over there. Uh, but those are also the guys that are like, they wait to the last minute to do their papers because they're like, ah, I already have a degree. And if I fail this, I'll just show the professor my degree I already have. Uh, That's a bad mentality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also like on the floor above me, um, like the freshman, sophomore were there and they'll, you hear them trampling down the hallways with nerve guns chasing after each other. Uh, but you would also get that in like a college experience. Um, that's not just like isolated. Like my brother had that when he went to the University of Tennessee. Um, except yeah, we don't have engineers that kind of make other Nerf guns. Um, but I think like that seminary life, uh, is there's, there's so much to it. Um, and as well, like the madness is good madness. So I thought, I, th- I found it strange to listen to, listen to all you guys that we all kind of had the idea of, uh, Monty Python's, uh, monks, uh, walking down the halls and stuff. And, you know, having been in a fraternity, uh, I can tell you, it is this. The seminary is a holy fraternity house. Um, it's you know we are we refer to each other as brother seminarians, so we're all all brothers. Um, so we are a fraternity. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But it's it's definitely a fun time, but also has its uh, times of seriousness. Uh, just like because this is a serious vocation, uh, it's not one to mess around with. But it, it's definitely a good time and. I encourage anyone to at least try it, at least visit. You'll, you'll see, it's, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I remember on a come and see I went to at the Josephinum, I was walking down the hallway and I thought I heard like a Nashville guy's voice um, that I somewhat knew um, that he did like totus tuus and I, I, I met him from that. Um, and I was walking down the hallway, I was in like a junior in high school and I just walked into this guy's room. And it wasn't a natural seminary. <laughs> it was too random. I don't even know who they were. But they were just so like, it's like, hey, how's it going? And they were just ready, like, ready to talk like about anything. Like they didn't care that I just walked into their room. And that's also one thing like I don't think anybody mentioned about seminaries. Like, I know at least at Holy Trinity, like a lot of guys will just leave their doors open. Um, and that's one thing I like didn't ever kind of expect. Like everybody just leaves it open and like if you need to, like, I sometimes I don't holler at people down the hallway as much anymore because that's something, you know, the chaos that needs to be reeled back. Uh, but it's like someone's walking down the hallway and they might stop into your room or see something in your room. Like, I have Christmas lights in my room. And you can tell a guy that's never been down our hallway doesn't get out of his room too much when he's like, oh, my gosh, you have Christmas lights in here? And I was like, yep, I've had them for two years. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. And he's like, why don't you come in and talk? See all the other things I have in my room. Um, but it's like that community that builds up by having that. Um, and that's something, like, you don't really quite get anywhere else. You don't get that in an apartment complex. You don't get that out of any other college dorm. Okay, so with that, I talked about a little bit, like, chaos that might be annoying. But what is, like, what what do you think is the best part of, like, the seminary life? I think, for me, and like I said, I hated it at first, but I got used to it. It's really kind of the madness and the community that the that the madness is brought from. Because, like, has been said throughout, like you're brothers, and you are going to be brothers with everybody there. If some, I mean, luckily in the dorms that I stayed in, we had our own bathrooms. But there's some of the dorms you don't, and some of the times you just got to go in there when another guy's using the bathroom. And it's like, hey man, like what's up? He's like, hey man, what's up? And then you use the bathroom, and then you take a shower or whatever, and then you leave. But yeah, you are as close as family can be, and that's seminary. You are family. Now you're going to have 
really close friends, and then you're going to have kind of friends, and then you're going to have associates, again, uh, inverted commas that you can't see. But yeah, it's the, the, the brotherhood is the best part of seminary. And, and of course, some of the classes are good too. Like I really enjoyed some of the philosophy that I had. I mean, it was really confusing, but I did enjoy learning. Yeah, I'm going to have to second that. Just fraternity, it plays such a big part in our formation. Um, because in a way, like we have formators, like the priests who are there to form us. But in a way, our brothers, they also play a huge part in our formation. Because they, get, they have a perspective that formators don't necessarily see. Like this past year, um, we had... For second theology, we had our peer evaluation. So the entire seminary, like all those, the student bodies evaluated everybody in my class because they have a unique perspective because we see each other in the times that formators aren't around. And so we sort of see ourselves in our most authentic forms. And so because of that, like we have an opportunity to help each other out to grow because I mean, we because yeah, we're here together all sort of, focused on the priesthood but even before that we want to become men of god and so we so, so we're here to, we're sort of there together to look out for each other and encourage each other and when we see somebody is maybe not showing up for liturgies we go as like hey like what's going on are you okay what is is like is there something is there a problem and try to encourage each other to grow and I think that is probably the best part of seminary formation, that we are sort of there for each other. Yeah, our rector always says the, the formation truly actually happened when the formator steps away. Um, like, that's when formation can actually happen. Um, and that's, like, with our new building, like, they try to restrict, like, formators shouldn't just, like, casually be walking around over there. They can walk over there, but it's, like, you should be able to be, like, oh, like, there's not a formator around. And then you really, truly get to see, um, like, it's, purely relaxed not as if it were before but in the other building it was um the priests are on the hallway with you it's very much like oh at any moment like a priest could walk by your door not that they do but one of them's got a dog and he likes to take him for walks and sometimes he'll walk right past you or you'll hear the lacrosse ball bounce down the hallway and the dog comes trampling after it um we're in this new building it's it's completely separate in that community life um is truly i i would agree i think is the best part um of the seminary and uh, just the men seeking Christ's priesthood um, together, all aiming towards holiness. Um, and also like, it doesn't matter if like I could be um, staying with someone that's like at Holy Trinity. Sometimes a guy will be announced that he's leaving um, and leaving after the semester, but he'll stay there to finish his courses because they've already been paid for. So, you know, this guy is leaving at the end of the semester and it's like your second semester at Holy Trinity. So you might think like, ah, like why would I want to invest in him? But no, like that's, like, I don't care. Like, this community is, I can still help deform him, and he can still help deform me, and he still has a say in that. Um, and I think that's one thing that's just really beautiful about seminary. I have to echo everything that's been said. Uh, community is probably one of my favorite things about being in the seminary. I have two sisters and no brothers, so being in a seminary, at Notre Dame we have about 150 guys there, so having 150 brothers is good, but it's also bad because just like any other family, you're going to have your disagreements. Mm -hmm. You're going to have these times of when you're going to be like in high school again, even though all of us are college age. It's going to be like in high school. It's going to be a bunch of drama. But overall, we get over it. Uh, we all, we all men, and we get over it eventually. It may take like a month, maybe, uh, hopefully. Um, but 
you know, is for the most part, community is the greatest thing I think about seminary. It's just to be in that and be in those halls, be with those guys, uh, you know, having your doors open, you know, having just casual conversations in your room about, I know a lot of guys eventually have started a little following of guys watching hockey uh, whenever that was still going on. Um, and so just watching hockey is, especially the Nashville Predators. Um, so I would keep on watching them and whenever they would play, uh, even though it would be sometimes late at night, maybe because of the time zones. But overall, you know, we had that time of fraternity to really get to know each other, just, just, just to hang out. It was pretty awesome. That's what I, I enjoy about seminary. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things that form from, like, closed community or somewhat closed communities. Um, like, we have, uh, like, one guy might share, like, his interest that some guy might not be thrilled or, like, be his favorite kind of thing, but everybody kind of rallies behind it. Um, like we had one, one individual from the Diocese of Nashville actually, um, did a full complete watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender over the course of a semester. Um, and so he would just hook his laptop up to the computer room and every, like, it was like every Friday he'd make the announcements like, Hey, Saturday mornings is the White Lotus or the Aang Gang or what, I don't know what he called it, <laughs> but it's like, we're watching three episodes tomorrow. Come hang out on your Saturday morning for this. Or if it's, um like we've i mean we've got so many different called like they call them house events um and at seminary you drink a lot of coffee and so you'll have different names and different coffee events for every single thing so we have solemn high coffee after every single <laughs> sunday brunch i mean seminaries just really create this lingo uh but it's it's something like at one point like these rooms can maybe hold comfortably like six people in them like and that might be a little tight i mean some of these house events you'll have half the house so about 30 35 guys in this room you can't raise your arms but everybody's just in there and it's like waiting for coffee we're ready to go like and you can hear it down the hallway um and that's just man like that's just phenomenal seminary okay now that we've covered the best thing about seminary on the other end of the spectrum what is the worst part of seminary and i have to say personally like if i the first thing that comes to mind is just like that wake-up call for me sometimes it's just brutal um, cause I, I try to wake up at five forty five, beat everybody to the showers, um, and then get into mass or get into uh, morning prayer and pray my rosary before. But I mean, I just, it is just a brutal, brutal morning wake up, especially if you've been up talking to a guy or you're, you've got a paper to write, um, and you're up late last night and writing this paper. Like, uh, that is just for me, the hardest thing about seminary sometimes is that, that alarm clock. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of the alarm clock. That's why when I, because yeah, the Josephinum, I was waking up at six for morning prayer at 6.45. And then I saw St. Minor morning prayer was at eight. I was like, oh. <laughs> yes, I love it here. <laughs> yeah, because at that time we hadn't sent anybody to St. Minor in years. And Father Gilshop hadn't really finalized he was going to send me there. But I was like, it's like they wake up at eight. I'm interested. <laughs> you can send me there. Um, but I think for me, like I, I said earlier, the, the academics, like I really, like I, I love theology. I liked philosophy. Like I like talk, but like I like talking and like discussion. I just hate sitting down in the class for an hour and a half just listening to somebody um, and then writing papers. Uh, so I think for me, that was just my... That, I would say my what I like least about seminary, um, like for me, if if I could, I would love seminary. Well, I think it's mostly the papers, more so. It's like if we go, if seminary was just sitting in formation conferences and then everything else, but just no papers, I would love it. 
Um, but yeah, I think just the academic work, but I do it for the love of God and for the love of church because that's, and that's what I'm called to do. And in a way it sort of ties into like obedience. Like I'm not always going to be able to do what I want to do, but I do it anyway because I, I do it out of love. Oh man, I could do a whole podcast just by myself on all the things I dislike about seminary. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll spare you all uh, that uh, detail. But yeah, I mean, really for me, two things. The first one is, is, is yeah, I love my brothers, but I also really, really dislike my brothers sometimes. Because sometimes they just get on your nerves and you're just going along and you're having a bad day and somebody just says something to you and it just sets you off. And yeah, sometimes your brothers are the worst thing about seminary. The other thing that's pretty bad is kind of being in your own head all the time. Because I know for me, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I do have mild depression, so this may just be me, so I don't know. But there are days when I would wake up and I'd just go, man, I don't want to be here. This really sucks. And like as the day wore on, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then you start making, I would start making a backup plan. Like, what am I going to do if I just turn out? Oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And the next day rolls around. It's like, eh, it's not that bad. And then by the like, end of the week, like, yeah, seminary, it's all right. It's pretty good. I want to be a priest. I'll keep going. And then like a month later, man, this sucks. And you just go through that cycle again and again and again. And But eventually, as Father Gilshap has often told me, I'm not called to be a seminarian. I'm called, perhaps, to be a priest. So you just go through the grind. And sometimes you just have to plug yourself into the machine, and you just have to let it go. And that's the best thing you can do. I do want to second that. like being in your head, head so much. When I was at the Josephinum, every February, the rector would stand up before the community and say, now is not the time to discern out. It's the weather. <laughs> 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 Just, yeah, because you are in your head. And in a way, like, seminary is almost like living under a rock. Um, like, whenever I enter seminary, I sort of lose track of what's going on in the outside world. Not completely, but there's things I just, I just don't care about anymore. Um, but yeah, you can't, it is very easy to sort of get trapped in your mind because we are doing a lot of self-reflection. And sometimes when you look inwardly, you might not like what you see. Even when you look in the mirror, sometimes you might not like what you see. So the, the my, I was about to say something about praying for that. Um, but the best thing for me, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the worst thing about seminary for me is on top of the papers and stuff, I don't like to write. I as you may have noticed, I don't speak a lot in this podcast, so or so I don't like to write a lot either. Um, I'm very short in my words, so I writing that ten page paper on a something something just doesn't work for me. Um, it, it's a struggle, and I typically wait to the last minute to do that. So that's my procrastination. Amen. Uh, <laughs> no, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> so you know, just because maybe I hang out with the guys too much, maybe that's the maybe that's the case. I need to balance everything but you know i just like uh this paper i don't want to do this paper uh i'll I'll wait till the next weekend i keep on doing that and that and then the finals are coming around and i'm pulling midnight shifts and stuff and it's never pulled an all-nighter never have but you know it's been close but you know it's just like that's the thing but on top of the just you know just your typical academic stuff that is most students don't like to do is the uh the other thing is uh, how my self-reflection myself. I see some guys that are always in the chapel, er, and so then I'm like, well, man, he's super holy. But then, you know, so I always, I always judge myself. I was like, well, I need to 
And like, this guy just got here, and he's super holy already. You know, you could almost see him levitate almost. <laughs> um, you know, compared to me, I'm like, well, you know, I need to do better. And it's like maybe that maybe that could be the truth, but you know, it's just like well, there's a lot of self judgment. You know, we, you know, having all these other guys having different uh, spiritualities. You know, guys are more often. Some guys are in the chapel all the time. Some guys barely in the chapel. Some guys are always walking around with rosaries in their hands. Some guys are walking around with the phones in their hands. You know, there's all these different uh, ideas of, you know, different prayer lives. And so I always judging, you know, is, you know, I typically do that a lot anyways. But it's, you know, that's probably the worst thing about me is, about the seminary in my life at least, is that it's, you know, all these other guys and you got all these guys to judge. Um, even though they tell us not to do that, it we're human. We we see this guy doing this. It's like okay, I could do better. So that's that's the worst thing about seminary for me is having all that. Yeah, nice. All right, we have just a few minutes left, and we got a few questions left. I propose we do a speed round, just kind of wrapping up, um, kind of the rest of the topics we have left. Um, let's just one. If you if you want to take this answer, just go for it. So, um, what if someone is an intro, introverted? Um, and doesn't want to deal with people. We kind of covered that a little bit, right? But what would you like? What would one suggestion be, or if that's a fear of someone? So, uh, I'm an introvert. I at least socially introverted. Um, so I would say leave your door open in the seminary. Don't just close it. Um, we have guys uh, as was discussed that as a typical practice. But being an introvert, you kind of just want to go to class and do your things you need to do, and then go to your room and just do that and just close your door. Leave your door open. That's that's one of my things that has really helped me is having that door open, guys are going to walk by more than likely and just want to talk to you about your Christmas lights, for example, that they haven't seen in two week, two years. Or So then the other thing is be active. Uh, do the optional things at the seminary. Play in the intramurals. That's an excellent way. Be active in the seminary. That's another thing I do is I, you know, I sort the mail too. So people see me always waiting for the mail. Um, so that's one way to really kind of just be active is the big thing for me. Yeah, don't be afraid to take some me time though. Like yeah, if you need yeah. It, just take. Yeah, it. yeah, that that is a good, important thing. You got to have a healthy balance, but you know, you don't need me time all the time. Because I mean, it's the opposite problem for intro for extroverts. You have to figure out what do I need to take time for myself. Yeah, exactly. All right, this next question I'll take. Um, it kind of says, um, "Am I able to leave, go to movies, um, or am I kind of stuck on campus?" I think this kind of also. Um, depends on what seminary you're at. Um, since I'm in Dallas, uh, it is very much like there's a movie theater six minutes away. And if you have two and a half hours to yourself, you are absolutely free to go to that um, movie theater. Uh, you're able to do whatever you want. I mean, I've had guys get it together like, oh, you know, our Saturday afternoon's free. We're going to Top Golf. That's what we're going to do this afternoon. And it's opportunity for bonding. Or uh, there will be a big group of guys that will go to a movie theater and watch um, some movie that's kind of been hyped up in the box office. Um, so we're not closed on uh, on the seminary grounds. Now, if there is an event, you're supposed to be there. You're not supposed to leave. Um, and there are some occasions where we're not supposed to leave. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you are. if you want to go out for lunch for a day, even if you don't have a class, as long as you're making your classes and you got two-hour gap, run to Chick-fil-A and back. That's completely okay with at least Holy Trinity. Yeah, that's the same, yeah, the same I think, pretty much everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have to wash your own clothes? Uh, maybe like clean your room or what other kind of tasks do you have to do? Yes, you have to wash your own clothes and clean your own room and please do so. Be a man. Yeah. 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 You don't want to be the stinky guy who comes to the, to the uh, 
chapel every morning and just sneaking it up and everybody's looking at you like we, we noticed that sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, we noticed that shirt under that sweatshirt. Like yeah. <laughs> it's been the same it, orange shirt. Now the I think day. the only place where it might be different for your laundry or at least your bed sheets anyway is probably Rome. I think the sisters do it in Rome. But everywhere else that we send within the United States, yeah, you're gonna have to do your own stuff. You just gotta man up. Get your mom or dad if you're straight out of high school to teach you how to do your laundry before you leave. Yeah, there's a story that I was told in orientation that there was one guy who didn't know how to do his laundry. So his solution which is just go and buy more clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that. Just figure out how to do your laundry. For me, I just chuck it all in the same load. I mean, good yeah. enough. Okay, how is the, uh, how's the food at seminary? Well, that's an interesting question. It also depends where you it go. Dep- yeah. It depends on where you go. That's, that's, the, easy, that's the easy answer. Yeah, I'm for Holy Trinity, for me, coming from a university to seminary, I thought it was like, wow, this is better than what my university had. So I had no complaints. Um, I know some guys, some transferring from another seminary were really complaining about it. Um, but I mean, if you were to go up, at least for us, if we were to go up to University of Dallas and eat dinner, it would not be as good. The best seminary food I've had is Assumption. And I've heard that that's only been happened within like the past two or three years. Father Gilstrap has said that St. Joseph's has pretty good lunch and dinner, but it was just whatever to me because I like fast food and I like to eat terrible. So Yeah, and then going back to the other question, I mean, there's been a few times like after dinner, I've talked to guys like, hey, do you want to go to Chipotle after this? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, what if, last question, what if you get sick? What happens, close community, in a seminary, all your brothers around, what are you doing? I mean, ideally, when you get there, you should probably talk to the dean of students or the rector and like, hey, what's the nearest uh, fast clinic or is there a doctor y'all recommend that I go to if I get strep throat or if I break my knee or whatever? Ideally, that's what you should be doing like in your first week, like finding out what the seminary formators recommend that you do. And then secondly, just bring the stuff that you need, like ibuprofen, Tylenol, a thermometer, take care of yourself. Yeah, from... uh for the, the Josephine, we had a nurse on campus. Um, so any day you were sick, usually you just go down to see her, and then you just take the day off, stay in your room. Um, at St. Minded, we have a whole health center, which is like the place that everybody in the town goes to. So like I'll go down there, and there'll be senior citizens who have retired who are waiting to see the nurse practitioner. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, but I think every seminary usually has some protocols that they have for that. And just one more thing, too. If you do get sick, seminary is also there to teach you responsibility and how to be a responsible man. So if you are sick and you need to miss class, email your uh, dean of students, your rector, like, hey, man, I can't be here. I'm, I'm throwing up. Email your professors, all of them, and tell them, I'm sick. I can't make it to class today. Just be responsible if you're going to miss prayer, mass, and classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know at least at, for Holy Trinity, um, when a guy's sick, that's don't leave your room. There's a designated restroom, and people bring meals to you. You don't even leave your room. Um, and like for the most part, they have that ibuprofen. If you don't have it, they have those cough drops or anything you need. So, alrighty. Well, I think that is uh, it from us uh, as far as seminary life goes. Um, so, I want to say thank you to, for listening to the Nash Vocations podcast and be assured of our prayers for you if you're going through discernment, if you're listening to this, kind of worrying about. Um, any fears, any worries, don't know what it's like, um, know that we are praying for you in return. We ask prayers for us as well. All right. Take care.